All right, guys, welcome to the Different Animals Podcast, episode 146, part one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This week we talk about, uh, we talk about reservation dogs, we talk about Killers of the Flower Moon, Uh, we talk about a hidden Scorsese movie that I never knew existed, Uh, MJ the Musical, Dix the Musical, uh, just appliances and fucking Mm. services and utilities all going wrong um, through no fault of our own. Uh, we talk about uh, overdoing it on side content, uh, practical magic, which is all over the fucking joint, uh, our NBA season predictions, and the uh, somewhat questionable titling of a movie. I'm heated. <laughs> but first. <laughs> So as usual, you've uh, you've caught up on uh, a few more things than I have. So let's uh, let's start mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. So I got a couple movies, a couple shows, and also show a pack. But I'll start with. Um, I think these will be together. So I'll start with uh, Reservation Dogs, the final season, and then I'll do Killers of the Flower Moon. But uh, so Reservation uh, Dogs came back for its final season, the third season, and it was incredible. Um, it's like a great. Um, so, you know, it's about a show about kids who are, uh, native kids who grew up in, um, in, who, you know, grew up in Oklahoma and, um, you know, it's just their lives and their community. And at the end of the last season, they had made a field, uh, field trip, a uh, uh, road trip that they had always wanted to make. And it sort of ended there. And then this one's about them coming back home and sort of what they learned and, and sort of the community coming around and embracing them and, their, and how they've changed. Um, and I would say the, um... The show's great, you know. It's it, it every um it did a nice little thing where like every episode this season, I mean I think it did it in the last season too, last few seasons where um every one of the main kids got like a specific episode. Okay. Um, but um, but yeah, it's great. I, it, you know, half hour each, ten episodes. The whole series is on FX. Um, it's you know, a fantastic comedy, but also incredibly heartwarming. And by the end, you know, you you know how, how like in um, series finales, you know, you're, you're sad to see the main actors go or the main right. characters go. You're like, oh, I'm never going to see them again. But in this one, it felt like, you know, you're you're sort of kind of like um, when Parks and Rec ended, when you're like, not just sad you're not going to see Leslie Nope again, but you're like sad because you're never going to see anybody in that town again. Um, so I think that's really special when a show is able to do that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Reservation Dogs. The final season, all three seasons are on. Um, Effects and all of them are incredible, like all three of them. And, okay. and yeah, and it's nice that they were able to finish on their terms. That they were to be like, no, you know, three seasons. We said what we wanted to say, and sort of got out before it got stale. All right. Yeah. And where's that? And then, uh, what sorry? what platform is that on? Um, it's on it's on Hulu. So it's okay. it, but it, it, I think technically, I don't know if it's a Hulu show or if it's a FX on Hulu, or if it's a FX, like, you can watch it on TV show. Okay. I really don't know. I, but I know, I, I watched them all on Hulu, the whole series. And I started it, I think, 2021. So I think they've been doing a season a year. So 2021, 22, and then this year. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. And so then uh, that's reservation dogs. And then the uh, the, the other big thing uh, that I think is connected is I saw uh, Martin Scorsese's latest movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, so this is his latest movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's based on a book um, about the um, Osage people in the 1920s. Mm -hmm. um, so they were uh, forced out of their land in Kansas and they were moved to a reservation in Oklahoma and they were given horrible land. But then it turns out that there was oil under that land. So they became incredibly rich. Um, they were, I think at one point they were the richest per capita. So like they're just the richest people. Um, and uh, of course with that came you know, people who wanted a part of it. And so eventually mm -hmm. somebody started murdering them and killing them. Um, and the the movie is a, sort of an example. It's about uh, a woman whose family starts to die off one by one and her husband, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and then, you know, what sort of what came of the murders. Okay. Um, and uh, the movie is, it was uh, incredible. I think, um, so the movie is incredible. Um, it's, it is three hours and 26 minutes long and I don't long think it's it, that's, that's, that's yeah. quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I think it's probably, it's probably the longest movie I've seen in theaters, maybe more than likely, I think, but it's up there, right? It's, you know, I mm -hmm. saw Avatar, you know, three times or Avatar two, three times. And that one was, I think was like three fifteen, and I've seen Titanic a couple of times. I think that was like three Oh seven, three Oh nine. So it's like, you know, they're, they're big, um, they're big movies. And I think those, I think fly by a lot faster because there's a lot more action into them. There's a lot more world building. And James Cameron just has a lot more story to say. Um, and I think the, the comparison is inevitably made to Oppenheimer since they're both, you know, um, semi biopics, big auteur filmmakers, long uh, running times. Um, but I do think this one is a little bit more deliberate in its pace. It's not slow. I was never bored. I was never like, oh my God, well, come on, get a move on. But, the, you know, the scenes definitely, it's definitely not edited like Oppenheimer at all. Um, it's, you know, well, most of all, because there's just one storyline, right? Like Oppenheimer mm -hmm. was, I think, like three different times and, and you know, jumping back and forth. And each scene sort of started, each scene sort of starts you get like bang, 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 and then it moves to something else. Um, this is like a scene starts, you meet characters, they talk, you know, they have scenes, and then the, the, you know, the story progresses. Um, but I think I um, found myself thinking about this movie more than Oppenheimer, even though I would say Oppenheimer is, well, fuck, I mean, I guess either one. As you're watching it, there's much more, much more propulsive, but then at the end, you sort of end with the same sense of dread and just like heaviness. Um, that Oppenheimer has with this one as well, okay. um, but it's it's incredible. I mean, I, I, you know, I, the the way that they they the the way Scorsese sort of puts you in the perspective of somebody who you might not want to be in is incredible because then you're you're watching it and you don't. It's it's not a typical sort of you know you know, a Western, like, murders are happening, good, good, good guy comes in, and it's like, whoa, that's the good guy, and he comes in, and he's the hero. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more complex than that. Um, and I think the movie is better for it. Because I think originally, because the book, I, I've started to read it, I'm only like 10 pages in, so I just started. It's pretty much like, um, what's that other movie? 
or the other book, uh, The Devil in the White City, about the murderer and the nineteen, uh, the 1893 uh, Chicago World's Fair, where it's like, it just tells the story, it's like, this person went this, even if it's written a little bit prosy, it'll be like, you know, this guy walked in, but, you know, that woman was never seen again. And then what happened that night? There was smoke coming out of the, you know, like that. Like, right. it, it's, it's a matter of fact, it's nonfiction, but it does have add a little bit of a flourish to it. Um, then that's how this book is. And so I think originally what the plan was, was that before COVID, it was supposed to be Scorsese and DiCaprio. We're going to fi- we're gonna film it. And it was supposed to be from the outside in. So it was supposed to be DiCaprio was supposed to play um, this FBI investigator, this cop, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be about him going to Oklahoma, investigating these murders, and then figuring out, or, you know, working uh, to work out and investigating Jesse Plemons, who would play the wife of a Native woman. Mm-hmm. And so then I think COVID shut down the production. I think they were in pre-production or maybe they were just about to do production. And uh, DiCaprio came up to Scorsese and the writer Eric Roth and was like, I think we need to revamp this whole story. We need to switch it. He, he They switched roles. So he took over the role of the husband. And then Jesse Plemons took over the role of the FBI investigator. But then instead of doing it like a sort of like a... Like seven, you know, like where the cops come in, it's like from the perspective of the of the cops of law enforcement. Right. It became from the perspective of the community, of the town, of the Osage people. And I do think that that makes for a much more interesting movie because we've seen the other one a thousand times. Right. Even though Jesse Plemons does come in and does, you know, arrest the people who did it and does sort of, I guess, solve the murders. It is, um, I think it's for the better that it has, you know, a little bit more to say rather than just... Um, be like, you know, like, I'm trying to think of one where, like, like Zodiac or, or any right, of those other right. movies that are murder mystery movies, yeah. Right, it's got it's got more of a, a message than just a whodunit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, so then, yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon. It is long. I, I mean, I, I think I definitely recommend it. I think people should watch it. Um, I think you should watch it in theaters. It looks amazing. It looks incredible. But I, I did tell a friend, she was texting me after I... Went to see it on Sunday. She was like, well, dang, I mean, I want to watch it this week, but, you know, I don't know when I could go. And I was telling her, I was like, well, I think if there's a show, a screening that's at 731 or later, I don't think you should go. <laughs> but if it's 730 or before, I think it's definitely worth it. And, you, you know, you'll be out a little late, but it's nothing, um, that, nothing, no, nothing world ending. I went to see it on a Sunday. The screening was at 130, so the movie started at 2. And so I got out of there a little bit after 5.30, and it was perfect, right? You eat lunch, you go see the movie, and then you're out, it's dinner time. So I think if you're able to catch it on a Saturday or Sunday or like a 6 o'clock, 6.30 screening in the evening, I think that's perfect. And it's it, it, you definitely don't um, you don't come out of it like, oh my gosh, that was such a waste of time, or like, oh my gosh, that was so long. You come out uh, pretty fulfilled. Okay. Um, so unrelated to this, uh, oh, only tangentially related because it's about Martin Scorsese, um, I saw a tweet. That was like, name, I feel like it was something like, name a better three movie run than Scorsese having, and I'm pretty sure it went The Wolf of Wall Street, something, and then The Irishman. And I left yeah. that something out because I was like, I've never fucking heard of that movie. And I looked mm-hmm. it up and I'm like, what the fuck is this movie, bro? How have I, it's such a, like, all right, so it's Silence. Which yeah. is uh, about two 17th century Jesuit priests who travel from Portugal to Edo period Japan. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, what? Like, 
This is such a weird premise for a fucking movie. Like, <laughs> like what the? Because yeah, I think Liam Neeson's like they're they're. It's uh, Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield, and they travel to Japan to find. I think Liam Neeson. That or he's gone missing or something. Yeah, it says to locate their missing mentor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I haven't seen that one either. Um, and, and spread Catholicism. Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, yeah, what is I this that, fucking movie? That is very much. I think. I want to. Did he? There was a screenplay by him. Did he also screenplay that one? Let me. See. I think he so. usually. I think this one's write... all him. Yep. Yeah. Co-written yeah, with I, Jay Cox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, he, he, that sounds like a movie that would be very much like you know uh, a passion project type thing. Yeah, it's um, like he's been trying to do it for twenty five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very much like a. Oh, this is really interesting. It's like, well, nobody else really thinks it's that interesting, but. But yeah, I've been meaning to watch that one. I meant to watch it in theaters. That was back in, I think, 2015 or 2016. And the... I think I just... Go ahead, sorry. Sorry? I was going to say, if it was 2015, I probably missed it. I wasn't really... It was 2016. Um, 2016? Ah, dang. Yeah, I probably just missed it. And um, I didn't get a chance to watch it. And then, like, at home, I'm like, well, you know. It's not the most thrilling topic, right? To be like, I gotta right. watch it. Um, but, like, if you but... had told me there's a movie out there with Adam Driver, Andrew Garfield, and Liam Neeson, I'd be like, what? fucking movie are you talking about <laughs> what is this mm-hmm. um also just for reference uh there are only two movies ever it looks like in this list um no nope, i take that back there's well that doesn't really count okay if we're talking non-documentary films mm. um and non-short films because apparently there's one called the big shave in 1967 mm-hmm. um there's only been two movies that he has directed, written, and produced, and it is Silence and Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> like, wow. Everything else he's got either, you know, he's Just either um, uh, directing and writing or directing and producing, but this, those are the two where he did all of it. All of it, yeah. Yeah, because I know Goodfellas he co-wrote, but I don't think he produced it. I think that was Irving Winkler, and I think that was just him directing and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, so... Yep. Um, yeah. All right. Anyway, so I just yeah, thought that was weird. I like, there's like, name a better three movie run. And I was like, I've never even heard that fucking second movie. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so cool that he gets to work with like these big time, you know, writers now. You know, I'm pretty much, I'm sure he has a pick of the lit- pick of the litter because I think for, I want to say for, I don't know who, I don't remember who wrote Shadow Island off the top of my head, but I know for, you know, for The Departed, it was William Mo- uh, Moynihan, and I think that won like an Oscar for the screenplay. And then for Wolf of Wall Street, it's Terrence Winter, and I think he was like a big time writer on um, The Sopranos, and I think he created Boardwalk Empire. And then for The Irishman, it's uh, Steve Zalian or Zalian, and he like wrote Schindler's List. And then for this one, for Wolf, um, Killers of the Flower Moon, it's uh, Eric Roth, and he co wrote, or he wrote uh, Forrest Gump, wrote uh, Benjamin Button, Damn. and I think a couple more. So, um, oh, uh, um, the movie that with Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born, the new one. Okay. So it's pretty cool that he gets to be like, well, you know, I'm going to write this movie and I, you know, I can take this big time writer, right? And just you know, right. write the screenplay for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's pretty dope. Um, and, I mean, uh, I feel like he, uh, he's got the... Uh, he's like on a short list of people whose phone calls that Leonardo DiCaprio will answer. Like, like every time. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like right. at no point in time, Leo gets a call from Martin Scorsese he's not answering it. Um, and there's not, I don't think there's many people with that, uh, I would say. Um, yeah. He, yeah, he can basically get whatever actors he wants, it seems like. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, the, the, and the, the best part is, um, or one of the cool parts about getting Leo is that he's still one of the few, like, like along with, I would think, probably, like, Denzel probably is the only other one that I can think of that's, like, a real-time butts-in-seats, no-matter-what movie, like, actor, right? Like, they came out with, um, what was the movie that came out recently with Denzel? Uh, the, it's, like, E. The Equalizer 3? The Equalizer, yeah. yeah the Equalizer 3. three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it made a you know made a good bit of money. People went to see it, and there was like you know they couldn't promote it because of the strike. Yeah, and they dropped it over Labor Day weekend, which is usually not a great weekend, and it made money. So it's like in this in you know, this one also three and a half hours, and it made I think twenty three mil, twenty five mil. Um, so it's cool that he is able to have this relationship with DiCaprio because now you know Apple gave them two hundred million dollars to make Killers of the Flower Moon. And it's like nobody else is going to get that kind of money for a drama, you know. Netflix right. gave him two hundred plus for The Irishman, and nobody else is going to give him that kind of money. So it's pretty cool that, you know, he has he can be like, well, I want to make this thing, Leo, help me make it, and you know, studios will gladly pay to have Leo on the poster, right? Right. The Denzel one is so fucking weird to me because, like, he. You're right. He's like one of the last few, like you said. Put put a person in a seat because I'm in this movie, um, but the weirdest thing is that like I I can't remember the last time I gave a shit about a movie that Denzel Washington was in, like, and maybe that's just me personally, but like I haven't seen a single one of these Equalizer movies. He had oh no, me neither. Yeah, well no no wait, I watched the first one, but it was very much like uh, the reason I didn't like the second half of that movie, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk, where. The first half, he gets the shit beat out of him. I'm like, yes, yes. And the second half, he's this immortal killing machine who, like, doesn't get sweat, doesn't get beat up. And I'm just like, where's... He, like, goes... He, like, the first one, he just, like, shoots a bunch of people and he's like, well, that's Monday. And I'm like, oh, okay, but where's the drama, you know? So, but I know what you mean. I didn't want... You know, I, the second one, I was like, nope. And then by the third one, I'm like, nah, I'm okay. I'm yeah, okay. so, like, I'm trying to think. Flight was in 2012. I think I saw that movie and yeah. that might be the last Denzel movie I've seen. Um... I saw the book of Eli, and that movie was very not good. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. He, but like he, one hundred percent, he still has that prestige to him. Um, and like you said, people are still fucking going to see these movies. And like, if I, how old is Denzel now at this point that he's still starring in these action movies? Right. Um, yeah, he's like sixty-five, probably. Right. Right. Sixty-six. He's probably like a, mid, a minimum sixty. Sixty-eight. This man is almost 70 years old. He's still doing these action movies and people are still showing up. Um, wild. Anyways. Um, yeah, so that's Denzel. Uh, so, uh, mm-hmm. that's the two movies. Killer of the Flower Moon. You give it uh, one out of five. Oh, I, 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 it was, it's my second five of the year. Okay, first yeah, being... Yeah, the second five. Um, across the Spider... Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... All right. So, uh, as far as what I've been doing is uh, mostly a whole lot of nothing. Um, I've got Julian's finishing up his soccer season. Um, he's been enjoying that. Oh, cool. Uh, so, that takes up my Saturday mornings. Not that those were super event-filled <clears throat> anyways. Um, just been working. Uh, I got this cool thing where uh, I came home one day. And, I, like, all my recording stuff, my PlayStation 5, everything... Um, I've got, like, a pretty big laundry room, and so it's stashed in the laundry room. And uh, mm-hmm. so I go into the laundry room, and the washing machine is out from the wall, like, a foot. And I'm like, hmm. that's weird. And I tuck out, I'm like, hey, what's up with this? And she was like, oh, I don't know. 
And I was like, cool, cool. So I open it, and of course, there's like two blankets in there, and they're both to one side. So, you know, it started fucking jumping. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did you not hear this? And she was like, you know what? I started to load before I left, and that could be it. So I'm like, cool. So I go to push it back to the wall, bro. Metal shavings all over the ground. I'm like, cool. So I guess I need a new fucking washer and dryer now. <laughs> um, oh, no. It, it, it had lasted... Uh, we they were here when we moved in, so I don't know how long they were here. Uh, okay. Before we got there, but I mean, we we've it's had still... them for seven years, so we uh, we finally uh, bit the bullet and replaced that. Um, bro, come in, install the washer and dryer. Like uh-huh. I think maybe it might have been two. Like it might have been a Tuesday night that we went to Lowe's and bought them. Thursday they come in, install the washer and dryer. And Caitlin's like, do you want the good news or bad news while I'm at work? I'm like, great. This is great. I love this question right now. Mm -hmm. Um, She's like, well, the washer's great. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, they plugged up the dryer, started to run it, and made an awful noise. And the guy was like, I'm not going to leave you with this. So I got to take the dryer and somebody else will deliver you another dryer tomorrow. I'm like, I... Also, I do... (laughs) I... Do not handle things that I could not control or fix very well. Um, like, like I just, if shit goes wrong and it's completely out of my control, I'm just like a raging demon. I'm just like, I can't have shit. Everything goes wrong. <laughs> like, like I'm just, so like, dryer didn't work. I'm like, brand new fucking dryer. Shit don't work. This sucks. Like, freaking out. Um, so it comes the next day to get that set up. So cool. Washer and dryer. Been good. Bro, two days in, we're fucking... I walk into the fucking laundry room after work. Uh, the God. most rank fucking smell. It, like sewage water. And I'm like, what's this? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. We poured some bleach down the drain, see if that would do it. And I was like, well, it's not. It's not doing it. Um, but I think I've got that figured out now. So that's the benefit. Um, I think they put the drain pipe too deep into the wall. And it says that if you put it too deep into the wall, it siphons back to the washing machine. Uh, so I fixed that and then ran like a cleaning load in the washer. And so far we're good. But boy, that was a, that was a whole fucking ordeal. Like also it's not cheap. You know what I mean? Like by the time I get it delivered, uh, I get the fucking five year protection plan or whatever it is because I will be so mad if I don't get into breaks. Uh, like we talked about with my phone, remember? I didn't get the insurance, yeah. and then I fucking ran over it with the forklift like the one time I yes, ever yes. needed it, and yep. I fucked me. Mm-hmm. So, bought that, because I'm not doing that with these. So, I was like, it's $1,800 fucking dollars and the goddamn dryer don't work when they... I was freaking out, bro. <laughs> I was straight up not having a good time. Um, but anyways, so that's uh, that's that. Everything's cool now, but, you know, it, it, we had some moments. God's working on all of us. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, um, I was gonna say I have a friend who's dealing with a similar issue with um, her dishwasher, and she got it from Samsung, and it's just been such a fucking ordeal. Like having to get the guys to look at it. I think it's like faulty. Like it was, it never worked, and so I think it's been such an ordeal because she has to get like the guys to come out and like uh, plumbers and electricians. And at this point, Sydney and I are like, just call Samsung and just bitch at them until they like, be like, you know what, bring it in and we'll just give you a new one because it's been going on for, what is it now? October? At least since like July. Right. Um, and it's been such a fucking mess. And every time that, you know, these motherfuckers have to come in, 
she works, she lives in Durham, so she has to work, she works like um, 20 minutes away, I think, down in uh, Morrisville, like RTP. Okay. And every time that these motherfuckers have to come out, you gotta leave work. You gotta go meet them. Yeah. And be like, all right, come in the house, do the thing. And they'd be like, oh, sorry, we gotta come back in a week because we're missing this thing. And it's like, okay, cool. And then I have to fucking leave work early again or go in late. And yeah. it's such a fucking pain in the dick to do like um, appliances or anything, especially like like hers, where it's like faulty right off the bat. Or like the, you know, your dryer, the first one that was shitty. Yeah. Know? It's like, okay, great. Like, cool, you're coming tomorrow. But now it's like, why can't it just be done? Right? <laughs> right, that's the thing. And, like, ultimately, it's not a super big deal because Kaylin's a stay-at-home mom and, like, she can just rearrange things. Like, she she does have things planned, but it's, it's easier to rearrange. But it's still just like, God damn, bro, I thought, I thought mm. we were going to be through with this. Like, we had a whole plan. We had a whole plan. Uh, they, they came on a Saturday. Mm. And, like, before the dryer didn't work, I think they were going to come install it on a Thursday. And then, like, we had a plan for Saturday. Like, all right. We're going to go run these, like, we're going to take Julian to soccer. He's going to play soccer. We're going to leave him with my mom. And then we're going to go do a bunch of errands. We got to go to Costco for this. We got to clean the shop, blah, blah, blah. And, like, then they're like, all right, well, uh, the dryer didn't work. We're going to be there Saturday between 1 and 5. I'm like, God damn it. Like, uh. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Oh, uh, man, it's just, everything sucks. And then this is after my internet was out for two weeks, bro. I just, it's, oh, been, right, it's yeah. been a straight yeah. up bad time. <laughs> Just a whole bunch of shit that is not my fault going wrong and right. me just raging at it. But well, I was going to say, I was like, even both of them, you know, yeah, it sucks that your, your washer broke or the internet went out. But it's like one of those things where like, oh, the internet's broke. Or, you know, I'm going to switch internet. It should be like, bam, okay. These people leave. These people come in. Boom. Or, oh, my washer broke. Oh, yeah, let me yeah, put, sucks, but let me put that away. Let me get a new one. Boom, we're done. Right. Like, you should be right. pish bash like, in and out. But then it's like, oh, wait. There's like a DOT tunnel or bridge. Or like, <laughs> yes. oh, wait. We can't leave you with this shitty dryer. It's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, like don't shit just fucking work that is also i have to say i mean this is all right my, my personal my fucking actual work like we sell like construction equipment bro we'll sell some shit it'll fucking go down on a job site with like four hours on it i'm like god damn it <laughs> and then the customer's just freaking out at you and you're like oh, son of a bitch bro it's not my fault. in my mind i, I don't build I just... it motherfucker okay like... <laughs> uh, in my mind i just have um like a fucking the, uh, a bit from George Carlin, or it's not even a bit; it's just a line where he talks about. It. He's like, "Nothing in this country works anymore." He's like, "We can't build a toaster worth a damn." <laughs> I'm like, "God damn!" And like, that's what I think about. It. It's like, "Damn, that's true. We can't do shit anymore. We really can't, bro. It's a fucking nightmare." And and yeah. like, God, oh man, this is gonna turn into a fucking political episode. But I'm I'm just like, it's all these motherfuckers just racing to the bottom, like to try and get the most profit out of everything. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's this, like, this one brand of this one piece of equipment, literally six years ago, was, like, bulletproof, and now all of them break down within, like, the first, like, 50 hours. And I'm like, it's just because everyone's wanting to use cheap cheap shit to make the most money and fucking cut as many corners as possible. I'm like, hey, all these people. It feels like, um, have you ever seen Fight Club? Yes. You know how Ed Norton works as the, the insurance guy who goes in and he has to he has to uh, calculate whether enough people die from it to warrant a recall or if not you know even if some people die from right. it he doesn't call a recall right it's like i feel like it's like that where it's like well you know this guy's dryer fucks up but the us having to pick better parts or fix it is more expensive than us just replacing more, this dryer just replacing the dryer right on the off chance that maybe it breaks right like 
if that's worth 800 bucks, but, you know, replacing it or spending, you know, having better quality things is a thousand, which is, fuck it, fuck him, you know? <laughs> right, fuck what is he going to do, not have a dryer, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so. Like that, it's, it's, once again, like that Louis C.K. bit with the car at the airport. And he's like, hey, man, where's your car? And, or the rented car. And he's like, oh, I left it at the gate, you know, at the, in front yeah. at the airport. The keys are in there. It's like, hey, man, you can't do that. Hey, you can't tell All me right. this broke dryer. It's like, okay, well... All right, do? I'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so are you not going to take this replacement dryer in two days? You're like, fuck you. Okay, like, so I'll be are, here. All right, I'll be here. Yeah. What time should I be here? What did you say, noon to six? Yeah, I'll be here. Yeah, noon to six, good thing I had absolutely nothing going on. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. uh, but yeah, all right, so that's, uh, that's most of what I've been doing. So if you want to hit a couple things, then I'll hit my last one. That's yeah, very yeah. Short. so I had uh, two musicals. Yes, two musicals this um, past week. One of them was uh, MJ the Musical. Uh, Sydney, uh, her family and I went to see uh, MJ the Musical at DPAC, which is a musical pretty much based... I guess it's on the life of Michael Jackson. Like, it is. It's, it's like a biopic, but it's like, it, it doesn't say everything, right? It cuts out, you know, it's them as kids, and then like him trying to make it. And it's it basically set during the time when he's doing, he's preparing the tour for... Uh, dangerous and everybody's like this tour is gonna bankrupt you you have no money and he's like no it's gonna be big it's gonna be bold and then you know they do like um you know before before michael jackson can do the dangerous tour he has to think about his whole life right like that kind of thing (laughs) and um and it's really cool i i think the guys the guy who plays michael jackson was really great i think it was an understudy but i think you know they, they only picked the really good guys for the tour. And it's really interesting because, you know, they pick songs from his discography and, you know, they sort of make them fit into, um, you know, his life story and his relationship with his dad and his relationship with the public and just his own personal, like, demons and stuff. And it's, it doesn't dig too deep. You know, it, it digs deep in, like, the sort of, like, the physical abuse from Joe and, like, the emotional and verbal abuse that came from him. And sort of scratches a little bit on, like, his relationship with the public, but not too much. There's a lot of things like, well, you know, there's all these allegations flying around. And you're like, okay, well, like, what are we talking about here, right? And they're like, and, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's like, is this, like, before all that stuff? Or is this, like, after? Or is, like, was that even, like, a like a, like a sort of, like unspoken thing back in like the early 1990s because it takes place in 1992 so i'm like well okay all right so it does a great job of exploring the stuff with his dad that's like pretty cool like it's or not cool but it's like really interesting because it paints it and you can see how somebody who goes through that at that young age is you know irrevocably just insanely just um destroyed emotionally mentally um and so that's really interesting the songs are great the dancing's great but you know overall it doesn't dig as much as deep as something like a biopic would um and it wouldn't surprise me if they actually make a movie version of it it's very um very like mama well i think well i think if he didn't have all that other stuff it probably would be easier but i feel like people would probably be like well we can just do what the play does and just sort of not you know sort of not talk about it but I'm sure people would be like, well, we can't not talk about it. It's a right. fucking movie, right? So I think they were, I think this the stage is probably where MJ the Musical ends up. And sort of that's where it uh, doesn't, you know, it sort of just right. the buck stops there. But it would be cool to see it as a movie um, because it does, uh, you know, when, he, when he, he, it shows him creating Thriller. And it would be a really cool montage to see him do all of the songs in Thriller. Sort of like um, 
gosh, do you remember that? There was a Jay-Z commercial. I think it was for American Express. Are you talking about the album covers? Yeah, the album covers one. I think that would be really cool if he did that for all the songs in Thriller. Like, bam, he's doing Billie Jean, and he takes off a jacket, and he's singing, and then he does, you know, The Girl Is Mine, and then, bam, Lady In My... No, Lady In My Life. Um, Yeah, Lady In My Life. Um, And so that would be really cool. You know, visually, it would work. But, again, I think it'd be like one of those, like... I can see the Rotten Tomatoes score right now. Like, you know, well... You know, the story leaves out certain aspects of Michael Jackson's life, but it's, you know, it's a creative, you know, yeah. it looks like great creatively, you know, nominated for best production design, nominated for best makeup. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I can already, like Elvis pretty much. Yeah, I was about to say year. like the fucking Boslerman Elvis, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it was a great time. I mean, not once was I bored, not once was I like, and it was nice because I knew the songs already. And so it was pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool show. I definitely recommend it if it's like an... Um, you know, a city near you. Um, did you, did the, you hit oh, it with the, needs more dick jokes? Uh, <laughs> 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 well, uh, speaking of dick jokes. The what? Oh, the dip. <laughs> Need more dick jokes. Well, the, um, well, speaking of musicals and dick jokes, I went to see a movie called Dick's Colon the Musical. Ah, and so about the sporting goods store, clearly. Absolutely, yes, yes. See, Robert J. Dick had a had a sport. He, he had a dream. He wanted a baseball in every kid's hands. Um, and so, this one, I I seen commercials for it, and the leads looked insufferable. And so I was like, I'm not gonna watch that. It looks fucking oh man, dumb. It right, looks yeah, very nope, annoying. Looks bad. Not not yeah. happy. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, the guys, the the lead actors, I thought they were gonna be like a ten insufferable. They're more like at a five insufferable. Okay. So, which means that they're tolerable, at least. But anyway, and so so I, I wasn't gonna watch it, and then my friend texted me. And she was like, "Wow, I saw this movie. It was insane. You should check it out. I think you know. I think you'd you'd like it, or at least we could. There'd be a lot to talk about, or like right. you know, you'd, you'd you'd come out like, wow, that's certainly something I've never seen before.' And so I went to see it, and she was right. So this is a movie about these two guys who are twins, but they don't, they don't look alike, and they were split at birth by their parents, played by um, Megan Mullaney and Nathan Lane. And so it's a musical, it's like, it's just surreal and weird and uh, graphic and just bizarre. And the leads are a little bit annoying, but sometimes they're funny. And then Nathan Lane is fantastic in it. He's really good. All right. And he's in a bunch of... What's that? Okay, so I'm seeing a guy in one picture. And... Okay, so I know Nathan Lane from The Producers. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's the movie I know him from, mostly. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's great in that. He's great in uh, he's Timon from Timon and Pumbaa, oh, yeah, or right. from you know from Lion King. He was in this fucking amazing movie, or I think it's amazing, um, Mouse Hunt by Gore Verbinski. He did like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and Rango, and oh, that movie's so good. I wish I could be watching Mouse Hunt right now. Have you ever seen Mouse Hunt? I have not. So Mouse Hunt is from like ninety seven or ninety eight. Ninety seven. I want to say, yeah, I want to say it's Gore Verbinski's either first or second movie, and. Um, it's got this, it's like, it's like if Looney Tunes was mixed with, like, Tim Burton, mixed with, like, Laurel and Hyde, <laughs> and it, it's awesome. So it's like, it's uh, Nathan Lane, and I forget the other actor's name, it's like, uh, he's like a British guy. They play Lee brothers. Lee Evans? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, uh, Lee Evans, tall, skinny, Nathan Lane, short stocky right so it's like that classic yeah you know uh um, joe archetype. pesci and whoever the fuck the other guy is on home alone uh. yes exactly <laughs> you're right that's it yeah exactly right, right, right. lauren Hi- uh, laurel and Hi- hardy um 
Who else? Uh, the uh, the sidekick pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean. So the, you know, it's a, it's right. a, till as old as time. Um, but so they're brothers, and their father dies and leaves in this old ass house, and it's at the top of a hill, and it's like a gothic house, right. and the place is falling apart and so they're like well fuck this place sucks why did we leave and they like they're always bickering at each other and you know and their dad also owned a yarn company and they're like oh this is fucking stupid i can't believe i left in this company and like i, I had I, I had dreams and i can't believe i'm stuck with this but then it turns out that the house is like extremely valuable it's like um like an, a, pretty much like an art like a, it's like a Sort of like, wow, this house is 17th century. It's worth millions. And so they, they're like, all right, well, we're going to renovate it and then we're going to sell it. But then what happens is there is a little mouse in the house and they're trying to kill it. And so there's they just get into hijinks, you know, like. Right. It's like Looney Tunes, right? It's like Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Yeah, it's like Tom yeah. and Jerry. Like, they're, they're going around banging it. They set up a bunch of mouse traps and they, like, They fall into the mouse traps. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right. And, you know, uh, Christopher Walken is, like, an exterminator and he gets brought in to, like, take out the... It's... it's awesome it has its great tone and even as a kid i was like this is like sort of peculiar movie like you know you like it but you don't know why right Mm -hmm. when you're a kid and then later on i watched it in college i was like this is actually like really fucking good and i've been trying to get sydney to watch it um because it's really really good i think on on, it probably has like um like 70 percent on Rotten tomatoes probably right like Mm -hmm. it's let me see 44 right like it's it's it needs to be reevaluated. It needs to be on, in fucking Twitter and shit. But anyway, enough about Mouse Hunt. Takes <laughs> the musical. Sorry. It's, um, I think you should watch it with your kids when I want to say they're probably like nine, nine or ten. I think would be a good age. So you got some time. Okay. Or you could watch it yourself. I think you would like it. I think you'd be like, that's a little bit out there, but it's really cool to see, um, you know. Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry things brought to live action without it being campy or like those sort of douche chills where you like want to get out of your seat kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, Dick's musical, eh, it was fine. Um, I, I like the songs. It's just, it's, it's cool to see a movie that just goes full on, like just weird, bizarre. I gave it a three out of five and it's just like, just straight up like, this is like just weird shit out there, man. Like, um, it's from the director of the, uh, Borat, the first Borat. Okay. So have you ever seen that one? I have. Yeah. So, you know, like the fight scene at the end where he, he, they're naked and they're like fighting in the room and he stumbles. It's like, imagine, it's like that tone in a musical and like, that's what this movie is. Um, but, uh, I think the only, the only person who would like this movie would be somebody who loves something like the Book of Mormon. Okay. So like South Park jokes, yeah. but in a musical form. Okay. Or like the, or, uh, the first South Park movie, that's mostly a musical. Right. Um, so yeah. I sent you a picture. I just want to confirm mm-hmm. real quick if you want to. Yeah, those it. are the two guys. Yeah. Oh, Half boy. the time. There's a 0% okay. chance I'll fucking ever watch this movie based on that picture. I mean, yeah. I might, but like based on that picture, I would never. I, I would refuse. Yeah, they're, from the trailer, they look insufferable. And then in the movie, once you meet Nathan Lane and their mom, they're wacky. So they're very like, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm a gay man. Oh, like very like, uh, sort of like, um, uh, what's it called? Wacky. And when that happens, then they become the straight men. 
Yeah, and so okay. then they become much more tolerable and you can be like, okay, because then you become them. And so then they're like, wait, why do you have this thing? Right? Whereas before you meet those characters, they're very like, oh my God. And they, they're very annoying. Or I, I thought, you know, they're annoying, but right. they, they, they can be funny. But then once you meet their parents and then their parents are the ones that are wacky, then they have to be the straight men. And then that's when the movie, I think, works much better. Okay. All right. So that's those two. Yeah. And then the mm-hmm. uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about is uh, just very briefly. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy XII, which I mentioned last time. Not going to yeah. go into it mm-hmm. too much, but um, I'm still there. My problem is I've done the same thing again that I did with the last game I played. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I feel like we talked about it. Um, I have just been doing all the side stuff I come across because I'm having such a good time with the game. It's like all the exploration, mm-hmm. I'm ending up in areas that like you don't have to go to and I'm like going through those. And so I, I, I do that for a while and I get to a point where I'm like, alright, I'm, I'm ready to do the main, some more of the main story. And I can't tell how far I am in the main story yet, like really. I can't, I, I don't feel like I'm too far because there's one person that's very obviously going to be the head villain, right? Mm-hmm. But they haven't made their move yet. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so like, I gotta be pretty early on still. Because I'm not even dealing with them in particular. Like, right now I'm just dealing with geopolitical circumstances of the area I'm in. Um, but anyways, I get to this point. This fucking boss comes up. And uh, there's these things. They're called quickenings in this game. Other Final Fantasy games are called limit breaks. Um, I, there's, I try to think. Like, there's a bunch of games with this kind of thing. But basically, you build up a bar over time, and then you blow it all at once, it does, like, a giant attack. Um, uh, a good example would be, like, God of War, the fucking Spartan Rage, is, is but imagine, oh, okay. yeah, imagine yeah. Mm-hmm. a much bigger bar to fill, but when you drop it, it's much more, like, yeah. it, it's like a cannon, as opposed to, like, a little effect for a little while. Um, right, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is, is <laughs> there's this way you chain them together in the game, and I'm not gonna get into too much, but I, I got in the boss fight, and it is, there's a, God, what what would you call, I don't know, like the elite uh, defense uh, or like law enforcers of like the bad guy. Uh, so like they wear like Hen- special armor masks. Like henchmen? Henchmen, but like I, I'm trying to come up with like a, uh, a, a contemporary, like a, a comparable of like the elite. You know what I mean? It's not just like some guys. Yeah, it's um, like the fucking, they're in, separate. Uh, in um, like in Star Wars: Star- The Last Jedi, say, is there a Star Wars one? Is going to be my guess. Like it's the, the yeah the Praetorian uh, pre- guards. It's like um, there's Snoke. He's like the, the main bad guy in, in uh, right. Part Two in The Last Jedi, and he has like five uh, guards who are like wearing all red, and they, yeah. like they don't even have eye holes. They're just like these red, like sort of really cool. Like um, I don't even know how to say it. It's like plasticky red, but it's like really like not. Pl- I don't know. It's hard to explain. That sort of the color. Um, one. But anyway, yeah, that's what I would think. That's what uh, I also, another good one I just thought about, uh, Thanos. He's got the four oh, fucking yeah, the, guys yep, that yep. show up, the four henchmen mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. All right, so yeah, those. Yeah. So it's not like the dogs or the right. Chitauri. It's like the four, like, the big guy, the, the guy who... Yeah, so up. one of them shows up, and you're like, oh, shit. Rod, I, because I've been fucking moving around and doing a bunch of extra shit, I dropped the fucking limit breaks, I chained a bunch together, I, I did not see in the menu the name when I targeted him because I was just like, I, I didn't think I needed to, but I murdered him in one fell swoop and fucking, they do not say his name again. And I'm like, 
Which one did I murder? Because I know the name of like four of them, and I'm like, all right, let me hit a Google, and I fucking Googled it, and then it's like, that's fucking Bergen, and I'm like, okay, cool. Now I know which one died, but like, I just fucking in one shot, just like dead, full health bar gone, and I'm like, okay, uh, don't know who that was, but. Just... Do you think it was one of those, it's like you're doing too many of the side missions, and you're oh, like for sure. strong? Yeah, that's 100% what's happened. I've, I've ventured into it, like, all right, to get to this story, uh, story mission, the things I'm fighting are like level 22. I've been inside areas with like level 40 shit that I'm just, I'm, I'm clearing through now. And so like I showed up there and that poor bastard's zero chance, bro. He just fucking did. <laughs> um, and then that's kind of, I mean, I was going to mention it when you, um, in a, in a little bit, but it's kind of where I am in Spider-Man 2. Right. Where I'm like. I don't want to do too many of the side things and get too powerful, but I also don't want to just do the story and fight the story. And then at the end, I'm like, well, there's all these side things and I just get bored with it, right? It's right. Like this, it's like you want to eat your vegetables with your steak at the same time so that you finish both of them at the same time rather than being like, I'm going to finish the steak and then eat mashed potatoes afterward or vice versa. Right. Yeah. And so I like, I'm really from a game design standpoint, I, I don't know what you do. Because the only answer I have to avoid this problem completely makes everything wildly unsatisfying, which is that, like, you just scale the main story missions up, but then, like, you never feel like you're getting stronger because everything's getting stronger with you, so, like, that's mm-hmm. no fucking good either. Like, I don't have the answer. <laughs> I guess you'd have to be like, how many, if I wanted to do the perfect one, I'd be like, how many, and Google, how many story missions are there? And then how many side missions are there? And then I would divide them each, you know, try to be like, all right, well, for every three side ones, I got to do a main one. And so right. I just keep going that back and forth. Right. But yeah, no, that they got fucking roasted, bro. He stood zero chance. Um, so that's where I'm at with Final Fantasy XII. I'm trying to figure, and, and more side shit just popped up. And I'm like, I want to go do that, but I don't, <laughs> don't want to go through the rest of the story like this. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, so you've got a couple more things, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Two spooky season ones. Um, one is a movie called When Evil Lurks. Okay. Um, and so this is an Argentinian movie. Um, I had seen. I think I was. I was. I wanted to go see the uh, Haunting in Venice movie. And, excuse me. <clears throat> and because uh, I thought it was heard it was really creepy, and I was gonna buy the ticket. And then I saw some reviews on Twitter, and then I saw on Rotten Tomatoes that this movie was like ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And this guy was like, "This movie, oh, it's like super fucked up. It's like it's traumatizing. Like this is only for people who like real horror and stuff." And so I was like, "Oh shit, okay, well, you know." I want to see, like, it's a new take on Possession movies. I was like, all right, cool. Well, then let's go check it out. And the movie does a, pulls a, I am legend. No, no. In that the first two thirds are like, God damn, this is a great movie. And then the third one just almost loses me completely. Oh, no. That's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, because you're so close. It's almost awesome movie. And it's like, so fucking. I Am Legend, dude. I fucking love the first, like, half or two-thirds of I Am Legend, right? When he's by himself, and he's, like, you know... And then that, that's... I mean, you've seen it, right? Yeah. I'm, you know, the sequence when, when he gets into a trap at uh, Grand Central Station, right? And you can see the and the light from the sunset is, like, ticking down, and there's just, like, a little sliver, and there's, like, zombie dogs, right? Right. And then he has to kill his dog, and you're like, fuck, man, right? But then the moment where he tries to kill himself, and those people show up from then on, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But anyway, and so this is like that, where the first bit... Um, these two brothers live out in the middle of fucking nowhere in Argentina, and they um they come across this body that's been pretty much like torn to pieces in their woods, and so they're like, well, we have to find out what it was, and so they walk to this lady's like a neighboring uh, farm, and she's like, well, you know, 
I think it was a priest who was here to look at my son and like your son. And then she like leads him to a room and her son is like possessed, but he's like, um, bloated, like my hundred six, my hundred six hundred pound life, but like, uh, pus and like, it's clearly like demonized and stuff. And so immediately I'm like, I'm in dude. I'm, I'm in, this is horrifying. This is terrifying. There's like this dread. It's like middle of nowhere. They're like, if you kill him, you know, the evil's going to spread. It's going to kill everything. I'm like, oh, I'm so fucking in, dude. I'm so fucking in. This is great, right? Right. And so the movie continues like that. That They go into a town, and then there's a great sequence there. And then a little bit after that, I'm like, well, this movie is sort of like dragging its feet in story mode, you know, story-wise. And then, you know, it's sort of looking for reasons to stick around in certain places. It doesn't, it's not like tight like a drum. And then mm-hmm. in the third act, they go to a place where I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> And so ultimately I left feeling kind of disappointed because the movie has this really great atmosphere early on. This really like hereditary, almost level like dread where you're like, I feel uncomfortable, right? These guys are dealing with this demon uh, possessed person. This person's like, kill me, you know you want to. And it's like, oh my God. And, you know, he's taunting them a little bit, talking about their families and stuff. You're like, oh shit, oh man. And the makeup is horrific and the acting's great. But then by the end, I'm just like... By the last beta, I was just like, all right, let me just wrap it up. <laughs> so, unfortunately, like the Dave Chappelle skit it. with the fucking wrap it up box. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, I can't recommend it, right? I, or I can't, you know, there's so much talk to me. The one that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago with the hand, mm-hmm. that one's great. And so, I really liked that one. And um, I think this falls under the category, like I've talked about in here before about Smile and other ones, where I just don't think I'm a supernatural horror guy guy I, I think i like rules too much or i like i like I, I don't mind wacky out there rules as long as there are rules and because with rules come stakes right like right you know like oh you know it's a supernatural hand where somebody possesses you but you can only be in there for like 90 seconds because then bad shit happens You're like, oh shit okay what happens after that right, right? Um, you got this cute little creature, but if he hits the water, it eats food after the Right, exactly. Night, yes, exactly. Right, right. Right, right. And that's the awesome thing about the Matrix, right? Like, Matrix, halfway through, he falls, he tries to do the jump and falls, and you hadn't even thought about it. And he goes, Oh, damn, if I, you know, if I get hurt in the Matrix, it happens in real life. And he's like, Yeah, the body cannot live without the mind. And you go, Oh, perfect. Boom. That's all you need, right? right? Inception, same thing. And he's like, Well, you know, if you die in this dream, because you're super passed out. You're going to end in limbo or, yeah, limbo for decades. You're going to forget who you are, right? right. It's all, boom, stakes, right? Because before you could just kill yourself and you'd wake up. That, like, something like that, right? Like, like you, can have, you can have fucking dreams within dreams within dreams, but if you give me stakes, I'm buying into it. And same thing with here, where, like, with the evil lurks, where it's like, you, you give me these possessed people, you give me sort of how it trans, how it, um, uh, uh, what's it called? When viruses spread, they, they um, uh, transfer, I guess, yeah, or... Transfer. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Transmit. Yeah, they transmit there to one another. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Right. But then when shit starts, they're like, well, you know, these kids aren't really kids. They're like demons. Like, okay. Well, then why are you talking to them? You know, like, it's like, okay. <laughs> right. Right. So that that was a little bit disappointing. And then the other one, the other movie is uh, Practical Magic, which is like a movie about with uh, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman from I think like '98 or '97, where they play witches. And um, I watched them, this one with Sydney. And it's, it, I'd always seen it like as a, this is a good like uh, fall movie, you know, there's like the fall aesthetics, you know, in New England and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this movie tonally 
is all over the fucking place. Dude. It starts <laughs> off like a sister thing, but then there's like a domestic abuse angle, and then there's like a, uh, uh, this guy tries to kidnap them, and then they murder them, but then there's like a revival thing, and then it's like a light, breezy, like romantic uh, comedies, like romantic movie, but then there's like a possession and stuff. So I'm sort of like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm like up and down, I'm like, okay, so like, well, it was exhausting because <laughs> your, your your brain is trying to make sense of like, all right, we're here, we're at romantic, you know, we're we're at uh, romantic comedy or like this or that, right? And we sort of take movies for granted that do it well. Like Shaun of the uh, Shaun of the Dead does it perfectly, pitch perfectly, right? So that when a movie doesn't do it right, your brain goes, not make sense. Like, mm, you know, like, yeah. like uh, you know, it's like watching the Eric Andre show a little bit. Where like, <laughs> right. you know, he'll be he has a question and then somebody will be like. I'm not Kunta Kinte or whatever that the Lance Reddick bit is, right? And so, um, it's like that, right? Or he, he hits the desk and it breaks in half. It's like that, right? So, yeah. not that extreme, but it's a little bit like that, right? Like, you're like, oh, cool, charming. Nicole, uh, Nicole Kidman, Sandra Bullock, kidnap. Oh, okay, all right, okay, cool. Oh, cool, Oh, so kids this is what we're doing now, magic. okay. Yeah, yeah, kids doing magic as witches. Okay, cool, okay, cool. They murdered a man and buried him in the backyard. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> So, um, I, I didn't, I mean, I, I probably gave it like two and a half, maybe two. I mean, I, I think it's one of those movies where people just watched it when they were kids. Roast in the glasses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think it, it does, it definitely fulfills that sort of like fall, like New England witchy uh, aesthetic that I think people sometimes like to watch, like uh, Halloween towny kind of shit. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, you know, so, and I'm, I'm surprisingly haven't seen that many horror movies this October, um, but uh, yeah, those two were were solid. Like, you know, not great, but they were both like different, very different kinds of of, of um, horror possibilities. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So there's that. Uh, that covers you know any anything we've been getting into this weekend. So uh, very briefly, probably. Uh, mm. Do you want to touch on this NBA season? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, yeah, just yeah, real quick. Do our normal uh, predictions, all right? Um, <clears throat> so, we have both uh, come up with the same MVP uh, for the yeah. NBA, who we think it's going to be. So, if you want to drop that, you can. Yeah, I think we both think it's going to be Nikola Jokic. I think people are going to look at the last year's finals and be like, you know what? We were fucking stupid for giving it to Embiid. <laughs> Because they just they just do not want to give one three times in a row. Because God forbid, fucking MJ, whatever, right? Right. Like, um, although I don't even think he had three in a row. But anyway, so like, I, I think they just don't want because you know it's at that point it's you're pretty boring. much God if you give three, right? So they they try to mix it up, give it to a fucking Embiid. Although he did have a great season, but still, yeah. I think they I think he's gonna put up a great season, and they're gonna be like, you know what, we're fucking stupid. We gotta give it to Jokic. Mm-hmm. All right. So, with that being said, do you have any dark horse candidates? Because I feel like Jokic is, you know, a safe pick. So, if you had to give yeah, a yeah. second, um, if you were gonna try and bet and make big money on an underdog, yeah. but obviously you still think it has a chance to hit, otherwise you're just throwing money away. Who do you yeah. have? Or I can tell you mine if you want uh, to take a second to think about it. I'm gonna go with. God, I don't know because. I don't know. I'm going to go with Devin Booker. I'd say Devin Booker. I thought about Devin Booker. I did think about Mm -hmm. him, but that's not mine. But go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think him, just because KD is not going to be the guy, right? He's taking the back seat, so I think KD is going to be more like Wade in Miami Mm -hmm. or who else won an MVP or like... um, Pat, well, yeah, maybe a little bit better than Pau Gasol in 07, right? Right. 
Like, um, he's like gonna be. He's still like really fucking good. He's still KD, but he's he's gonna be like, you know, what? I'm gonna take a back seat. Devin Booker, you go ahead and and win us these games, and I'll sort of be the one that closes him out. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Like I said, I thought about him. So mine, my real dark horse, but it's it's more. It's it's probably uh, I don't know. So my dark horse is Zion Williamson. If this Ooh. man can get healthy and stay healthy for a full season, when he's playing, it's a it's he's a fucking animal. Um, so like, if he manages to put together a full season of being healthy, the I feel like the pelicans weren't that bad last year considering um that he was out a bunch um mm-hmm. so i don't know i feel like you get that same most of that same squad back and zion Williamson comes in uh killing it even if they make the playoffs as like a six seed or five seed i think he's got a chance you know what i mean if he's like very mm-hmm. clearly playing great so he's gonna be my dark horse i like i feel like we know he has the ability to play at that level we just yeah. haven't seen him put it together for a season and I think this is the perfect opportunity for his team to perform better than expected if he comes in and plays like we know he can. Right, right. No, yeah, I mean, he just hasn't been healthy. I think, I think it was Dragonfly Jones who was like, he was putting up, like, what, like, 26, 10 and something. On, like, like shooting like 68% or some shit like that. Exactly. Something insane. Yeah. But then he just always gets hurt, right? But I think you're right. I think, you know, he has uh, Brendan Ingram there still. See, Jim McCollum is there, right? Like, if they mm-hmm. can just... Get a couple of you know uh, veterans or a good bench going. I mean, like, why not? Like, right? You know, you're right. Yep. So that's my dark. He just has to stay healthy. Yeah. But I also still think it's just going to be Jokic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's uh that's that pick. So uh, uh-huh. our other pick that we always make is who is going to win the NBA championship. Yes, and I have, I think, finally, as much as it hurts me to say this, I think the Boston Celtics put it together and they win. Um, I think I think Chris Stapps, if he can stay healthy, he can be the equivalent of Aaron Gordon joining the Nuggets. I he can saw. be this guy. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was going to say, he can be like that, that other guy, right? It doesn't have to all fall on Jalen Brown and Tatum. I mean, it will fall on them primarily, but he can be like that... that Sort of a Swiss Army knife, or hopefully, you know, he put. I think he had like 18 last night or something, or he has. He had like a pretty good, um, either the last preseason game or the first season game last night, but he had a good game. So, yeah. So I, I saw a clip game. with just a couple highlights of him in with the Celtics making some like pretty good plays, and then someone quoted it. And they were like, "That Celtics jersey touched his white skin, and all the power <laughs> came back." <laughs> like, exactly. He hasn't looked like that since he was with the Knicks, right? right? So. Um, and again, he, because he's going to be the third guy, he doesn't have to put, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, be like the guy like he was in New York or even the number two, I think like he was in, um, Washington. Right. Right. And he's actually going to have a good, um, uh, and they brought him to be in, they brought him in to be the number two in uh, Dallas as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. uh, With Luca. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, uh, franchise is better run as an organization than the fucking Wizards, right? Or even the Mavs. So, um, but yeah, I think, unfortunately, it'll be the Celtics. I, I, I don't know. I just, I can't. I can't imagine it. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's the, uh, I, uh, it's overblown, but in my head, I'm just like, I don't think they got it. I don't think they got that dog. And I'm like, they, they fucking, mm-hmm. they, they had the lemon booty in the playoffs. Um, shit got a little shaky. 
for a hot minute there. So I'm just like, I can't, I can't believe it. I'm until they give me a reason to. Um, yeah. So with I that, mean, oh, go ahead. Nothing makes me laugh harder than the fucking the the, the memes that make fun of Jalen Brown not being able to go to left. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I. The, they're a solid pick, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, so I know, my, it hurt. It hurt. It hurt me to type out those uh, seven letters. I was like, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> Um, so my pick is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I do think losing Drew Holiday will be a bigger deal than some people think it is. Uh, but ultimately, mm-hmm. you brought in Damian Lillard, um, who can shoot the fucking lights out from anywhere on the court, basically. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know how much of an impact that has on Giannis being able to go to the basket. Like, I want to know, like, like if teams are still just going to collapse when he runs to the basket, I feel like Lillard's just going to be eating. And then if they have to do something to stop Lillard, I mean, I just feel like if Antetokounmpo, just, Giannis is just going to be in there fucking, you know what I mean, yamming on everybody. Right. And somebody was saying that the, their pick and roll is going to be, like, deadly. Like, Yeah, I mean, it would have to be, I feel like. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, that's where I'm going with. I just... I'm excited to see if they can put that together. And if they if they can put it together, I see no reason why they couldn't win a title with those two. Yeah. And, um, when Dame got traded, or a little bit after, I was on my phone in the living room, and I was, I think I read out a tweet, or maybe I, I, I didn't yell it, I didn't scream it out, but I said, I was like, let's go, like that. I said, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure I read a tweet. I said, um, uh, free time in Cream City. And Sydney was like, oh, why'd you say that? Why did that sound disgusting? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because they call Milwaukee the freaks, uh, the cream city. And so it's free time in the cream city. <laughs> God. Oh, no, that's terrible. Um, so, yeah, so Milwaukee, uh, you've got the Celtics. Uh, hopefully that doesn't come to fruition. No. Uh, and then we both but that's won. nice because I picked them. So yeah. if I get it right, then I get it right. But if I don't, cool, the Celtics didn't win. Right, exactly. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's our NBA predictions. Um, do you want to touch on this last one real quick? Because this is more your child than mine. Yeah. So it's the last quick thing before we go. Mission Possible 8 has been pushed almost an entire year oh. to May 2025. Oh, devastating. And then, so they said they're like, you're going to push it. And it makes sense. The actor's strike isn't over. The writer's strike is, um, over, but you know, so that means that, um, McQuarrie, he can work on the script, he can tweak it, he can change anything, and I'm sure he's working with Tom Cruise, probably just not in official capacity. And then once that's over, they have to get the, the, the production back up and running, right? It's not just like they can hit the ground running, you have to get everything going again, mm-hmm. so that they're giving it an extra year. McQuarrie's just leaving uh, parts of the script on tables, and then Tom Cruise shows up after, oh, what's this? Let me oh see. yeah, it's like, oh, what is this? And oh. then he just marks it up, he's like, I think this would be better, and then he just leaves it. Comes oh, back, shame. Uh, I'm just going to put this in this trash can over here that doesn't have any other trash in it. All right, well, I'm going to go back over here now. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm sad about that. But then there was a tweet saying that Dead Reckoning isn't even might not even be in the title of Mission Impossible 8, which is annoying because I like having titles that make sense. Like, for example, I fucking hate that John Wick Chapter 2 Chapter 4 and John Wick 1 all have a... John Wick Chapter 2. John Wick Chapter 4. John Wick Chapter 3 has, quote, what is it? Um, 
Parabellum. Arabellum or Marabellum or some bullshit about like the time before a war. And I'm like, why did you add that? It's fucking stupid. Right. Right. I feel like I'm a fucking, um, what's his name? Tim Robinson character being like, why did you add that? It adds nothing. <laughs> like, and so, um, and so this doesn't make sense because I think when we talked about it and we reviewed it on here, I think both of us said, or at least I said, I was like, it doesn't make sense why they added part one to this one when it's the third part one this summer and it's the one that needs it the least. If anything, F- Fast X needed Fast X colon part one. Across the Spider-Verse part one needed it more than this one. Because this, out of those three, is the most, like, complete, like, beginning, middle, and end story than those two. Like, fucking mm-hmm. Fast X literally ends in the middle of an action scene. So, like... Really? Yeah, well, kinda. He does a big stunt, and then it's like, oh, wait, you thought that was it? No, motherfucker, there's bombs! And he's like, oh! <gasps> Cut to black, oh, okay. directed by Louis Leterrier. See you next summer or whatever. So, um, and it's just annoying because now there's going to be Fallout, Dead Reckoning Part 1, and then like, you know, Ilsa's back or, you know, or <laughs> Motorcycle Jump or something like that. Right. right. Um, so, but yeah, but I'm, I'm sad and, and, um. Also, I just feel like calling it Part 1, you've officially committed to calling it Part exactly. 2. Exactly. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it makes no sense because you could have easily called it Dead Reckoning, kind of like Dune, right? Like Dune is, when it came out, it was just Dune. Right. Now that Dune Part 2 is coming out, retroactively, it has been renamed and it, I think it's still like officially Dune, but if you like go see it like in HBO Max or I think if you go, let me go to their Wikipedia page. It's probably like Dune uh, Part 1, but like colloquially it's known as Dune, right? Right. Um, and see, look, yeah, Dune. Titled on screen as Dune Part 1, right? At the end of the movie, they go, boom, Dune Part 1. You thought you were watching Dune? Nah, bitch, Dune Part 1. You're like, cool. Retroactively, that works for me. Right. But like you said, it makes no sense for them to add the Part 1 because nobody was twisting their arm into making it that. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. It's just... It's, es- yeah. Es- especially... <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm heated now. Especially... When the fact that there was maybe potentially going to be a strike was not a secret, right? This has been known for years now. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, many I've heard many shows decided to end their shows early because they didn't want to re- deal with the writer strike. So if you knew that a possibility of this is happening, then why even go? Well, you know, hey guys, like we should probably put in part, part one because like there might be a big strike, right? It's like knowing that COVID's coming and being like, well, we got to put part one because we'll be here next year. It's like, no, well, we have this uncertainty coming down. Why would you handcuff yourself in that way? Right. <sighs> I'm, heated. I'm heated over a title that isn't even true. It's just a rumor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, fuck all we know. It's Dead Reckoning Part 2 releasing. Exactly. Right. And be like, that was fall for nothing. But, <laughs> but yeah. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Because, okay, so if, if Mission Impossible, it ends at the end right there like right. Ethan... The key was only the beginning. You're running, you know, the times, you know, times against you. And then it cuts to black and it says like that end, uh, part, end of part one, right? Boom. Or, and the title goes, Mission Impossible, in in the movie itself, it says Mission Impossible, part one, or Dead Reckoning, part one. I'd be like, ooh, cool. But like, just the fact that it's on posters, that it's the official title makes me go like, oh, this is fucking stupid. Right, like you, you've got the movie poster, just like, and then your next one just doesn't even. It's it, something. It doesn't even say, but wait, yeah, right. There is no Dead Reckoning Part Two, right? Yeah. It feels you're like, like oh, oh, you're missing God. one. You're like, no, I'm sure fucking not, but I'm glad you said that. What is there's like a movie where 
that's already in the fucking title. Oh my god, okay. it's gonna drive me nuts. Where it's like, it's like blankety blank part the part three, and it's like wait, there is no part one and two. They just did it. I feel it sounds anyway, familiar to me it, also. It sounds like a scary movie bit, right? It sounds right. like uh, a naked gun kind of a bit where it's like, isn't it wacky? We're going to see that it's part two, but there, oh, there is no part two, right? It's like right. the fucking 13th floor in buildings. They're like, well, it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's, that's such a weird decision. Um, weird. But I'll be there opening day. I'll be there opening <laughs> regardless. Day. Regardless. I'm so excited already. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the episode for this week. Uh, if you want to catch me, you can catch me at T-Moneybags on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. If you want to catch the podcast, you can catch us at DiffAnimalsPod on Instagram or Twitter. You can email us, DiffAnimalsPodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch y'all in two weeks. Later. Peace.